Good morning. I'm so blessed to be here. I'm so excited about what God is doing here. And here's the thing. Sometimes when you come to church here uh, at Sanctuary, you can kind of get used to it, right? You come, you, you kind of know what to expect. You know how the songs are going to go. You, you see everybody next to you. It's kind of same old, same old. But when I come in after not being here for, I think it's been over a year now, it's a different perspective for me. I want to take a moment to share my perspective. When I come in, I, I see God just all over this place. I see people praying in corners. I see God working in lives. We see transformation through Rooted. And there's so many things that are happening. I just want to encourage you before we get in the message, not to miss what God is doing here. Don't miss it. We can look around and think, well, you know, we meet in a school and it's, you know, it's, wish you had this or that. Listen, hey, for, I'm telling you, when you walk in this place and you just close your eyes for a moment, it almost feels like heaven. Just a little bit. Come on now. Come on, church now. Come on now. It just feels a little bit like heaven, right? And you just... And I'm telling you, sometimes we can get used to this. We can get used to this. And I'm telling you, what God is doing here is something unique. It's something special. I mean, to have a church on the backside of a canyon, down a hill, across a creek, you have to get a boat to get to it, right? All these things, no one even knows where it's at. You can fly an airplane and not even see it, right? But yet here you are this morning. Hey, only God could do this. Only God could do this. Let's give him some praise this morning, amen? Come on now. I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's, it's amazing. Here's what I believe. I've said this every time. I, I wouldn't say if I didn't believe it. I believe when it comes to sanctuary, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I believe that. And I'm so thankful I get to be a part of it, a small part. I've been here many times and I've seen some familiar faces. And if you're new, uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, the, the, the hope this morning is this. The goal this morning through the message is that number one, that you would be encouraged. Okay. We go through a lot of stuff in the week. And so the goal is that, that God would encourage you wherever you're at. I don't know where you are this morning, but wherever you are, I pray there'd be encouragement. I pray also another goal is this, is that you would draw close to God in either your personal relationship that you have already with him or that you would begin a personal relationship with him today. Those are the goals of the message this morning. So that you would find encouragement and that you would draw close to God in your relationship with him. Or maybe if you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with God. That's okay. You're in a good place to begin a relationship with God. And that maybe after the service this morning, you would say, you know what? I want to be a part of that. I want to find that personal relationship that it seems like these people have. And so we invite you to open up your heart this morning morning and make a decision for the Lord. And so if you have your Bibles, we're looking at Mark chapter number four, Mark chapter number four, the verse will be on the screen. Mark chapter number four, we'll read several verses in the, in the beginning and then we'll jump into the message this morning. Do me a favor, turn your neighbor, give him a high five, say, let's go. Come on, give him a high say, let's go. Come on now. Let's go. Let's go. Church, that was, that was horribly weak. We can, hey, I got 35 minutes. We can do this for the next 35 minutes. Hey, dude, turn to your other neighbor. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, let's go. Come on. There it is. Yeah, I got some energy. Come on now. Yes. Mark chapter number four. We'll begin reading in verse number 35. Mark chapter four and verse number 35. It says this. This is the early service. This is the early service. I will give you a break. This is the early service. Even though it starts at nine, it's still early for some of you. Mark chapter number four. And verse number 35 says this, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him uh, in, with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats with him. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a cushion. 
Do you ever feel like that? Sometimes you're going through a storm and Jesus is sleeping like he's nowhere to be found. Come on now, right? Let's keep reading. The Bible says this in verse number 38, but he was asleep in the, in, in the stern uh, on a cushion and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked this, the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. This morning we find this passage here of the disciples and Jesus ministering to people. And I'll set some context for you. They were ministering. Jesus had been teaching all day long and the disciples had kind of been assisting Jesus in, in his teaching and helping him and, and just kind of trying to encourage people and strengthen them. And so you can imagine this, uh, this scene here is Jesus teaching and encouraging and helping and the disciples are bringing people to Jesus for healing and for encouragement, for help all day long. The Bible says that after the day was over, they were tired and they got into a ship and they were going to cross the Sea of Galilee to continue their ministry and to continue to help and encourage people and strengthen them. And the Bible says that they got into the ship and Jesus found a spot kind of in the back of the ship and he laid down, no doubt being very tired, being you know kind of worn out as a, a, healing people, encouraging people, teaching. And uh, for them, it was just going to be a simple trip. They had done it many times before. As some of you know, a lot of the disciples used to be fishermen. So they had no doubt experience in crossing the Sea of Galilee, being on the Sea of Galilee and just uh, being a part of that. It was a simple thing, so simple that Jesus didn't even worry about it. He said, yeah, you guys got this. I'm going to go sleep before we get to the next town. And so the boat set from, from the shore and they began a, just a simple journey across the Sea of Galilee. As they got into the midst of the sea, though, something happened unexpected. It's been known, if you study the Sea of Galilee, it's been known, the history of that, of that body of water is that uh, unexpectedly, out of nowhere, there will be storms that will rise up from this small body of water, and such is the case in this story here. The disciples were traveling across in a boat, Jesus was sleeping, and all of a sudden, out of, out of nowhere, a storm came up. And the Bible says that it wasn't just a small storm, a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind, but it was a violent storm. It was a big waves crashing into the boat. It was a wind going across the bow. I mean, it was something to be a fearful of and afraid so much of the disciples, even though they were skilled fishermen, uh, began to fear. You have to understand this now. Understand the disciples assessed the situation. They, they knew what they needed to be able to go through the storm. They had been probably in storms before. They knew that they probably, the boat was too small. There was too many people on the boat. They didn't have what they needed to be able to cross over. And they thought, this is it. This storm is going to take us down. This is the scene. We find them here frantically trying to figure out what to do next as they're in the midst of the storm and in their uh, emotion and commotion is trying to navigate through the storm, trying to survive, trying to keep the boat afloat. Someone says, hey, wait a minute, where is Jesus? Where is he at? Where, man, we got the water and, and waves and wind. And we look, they say, hey, look over here. Where, where, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. Look at this. And the Bible says that one of the disciples goes over and wakes up, Jesus, 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 hey, there's a storm. There's a storm coming. We're going to die. We're all going to die. You're going to die. And the Bible says Jesus rises up, kind of looks around, maybe wipes a little sleep from his eyes, you know, does a little stretch. And he walks out to the storm, the edge of the boat, and he says, 
be still. And immediately, the storm calms. Now, here's the interesting part of the story. Is that after Jesus calms the storm, he looks back at his disciples. And he asks them this question that, to to me, kind of tickles me a little. He goes, why were you so afraid? Now understand this, understand this. You can imagine this. Here are these 12 grown men, right? Probably soaking wet from the storm, breathing heavily. Just They just thought a moment ago their life was going to be over. They were going to be drowned in the Sea of Galilee at the bottom. It was all over. And he turns back to them and says, hey, what were you so afraid of? Almost implying that what they did in the midst of the storm was not what they were supposed to be doing. Almost implying that they should have been doing something differently. Now, we as Christians and believers, we can look at the Bible. We have the Bible to help us. And we say, well, I know what they should have been doing because, you know, I can read the Bible. And I know what I would do. I'll tell you, they should have been praying. They should have got a little devotional group going. Right? They should have sat down, had some deep Bible study and prayer. They should have calmly walked over to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, we know you are the master of the sea. You control the winds and the waves. And so we're not fearful at all. Why don't you stand up? Why don't you calm the storm? We got to get over to the side. You say, I know what they should have done. I know what I would have done in the midst of the storm. All oh, be careful. Be careful. Let's not be too quick to judge the disciples. Because you know why? Because our lives are filled with storms. Oh, yeah. There are financial storms. There are storms in our marriage. There are storms with our children. There are storms that we face at work. There are storms that we face in our relationships. There are so many storms that we deal with. We have uh, physical storms and emotional storms and social storms and things that we go through, turmoil that we deal with, burdens that we bear, pain that we experience, disappointment that happens to us, regret and heartache that happens to us or to our family. And we deal with so many storms. And so many times when we are in the midst of our storm, we react the exact same way the disciples did. And so the question is this this morning. If the disciples were supposed to do something different, then I want to know what they should have done. Because I want to do whatever I was supposed to do when I'm in my storm instead of sometimes what I do. And so we see here this morning three, three things they should have done differently. Number one, they should have remembered what they heard. They should remember what they heard. Look at verse number 35, if you would, please. It says this. It says, on that day when evening had come, he said, he said to them, here it is, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him the, the boat just as he was and other boats were with him. You see, Jesus right there gives a promise When they're on the shore, before they get into the boat, before they cross the Sea of Galilee, he says, hey, fellas, we're going to get into the boat. We're going to, we're going to sail across the sea and we will make it to the other side. Oh, some of you missed it right there. Let me try that again. I'll tell you, look, he says to them, hey, let us cross over to the other side. Hey, Jesus didn't say, all right, boys, what's what we're going to do? You're going to get in the boat. We're going to go about halfway. There's going to be a storm and we're all going to die in the middle of the sea. He didn't say that. 
He said to them, hey, this is what's going to happen. Hey, he said, we're going to get in the boat. We're going we're to sail across, and then we will make it to the other side. They should have remembered what they heard. They should have remembered the promise. You have my message down there? That was my next point I was going to. They should have remembered the promise of God. You see, so many times, what, let me say this, they should have remembered in the storm. Here it is, church. They should have remembered in the storm what they heard on the shore. Oh, I'll tell you, there's so many times when we, when we leave this place, when we go from sanctuary, when we go from the house of worship, when we go from spending time with the Lord, and we know the promises of God, we believe the promises of God, but we forget the promises of God in the midst of the storm. And I want to say to you this morning, church, that if you're going through a difficulty, if you're going through a trial, if you're going through something that's hard, if you're going through a storm this morning, I want to encourage you to remember what you've heard. To remember that God is with you. To remember that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. To remember that he is always good to us. He will always guide us. That all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Hey, I love what the Bible says in Numbers chapter number 23. It says, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it? And will he not do it? Hey, let's be believers this morning and say, you know what? Yeah, I might be going through something difficult. Yeah, I might be going through a storm, but I'm going to remember what God has said to me. I'm going to remember. They should have remembered what they heard. Remembering the promises of God. Remembering the goodness of God. Remembering that God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. We must not forget the promises of God in the midst of the storm. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Oh, come on now. To give you a future and a hope. Hey, God says, I know exactly where you are. I know exactly the winds that are blowing across your bow this morning. I know exactly the rain that's falling down in your boat. I know it feels like you're going to tip over any moment. But let me tell you something. I know where you are. I know what I'm doing. And you have a future and you have a hope. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, I have some hope. Come on now, turn to the other neighbor and say, I've got some hope. Oh, come on, say that again and say, I got some hope. Oh, we got hope this morning. Listen, we don't have to, hey, come on now. We don't have to live in dread or fear or regret or heartache or sorrow. Why? Because God knows where we are. And this morning, we have a hope. Oh, we have a hope. I'm telling you what, some of you, hey, some of you, some of you, the news is stealing your hope. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Some of you, well, I'll tell you, it's as bad as it's ever been out there. Oh, not according to the Bible. Not according to the Lord. Oh, the Bible says that God is good. Hey, we have a hope this morning. And I'm telling you this, as you go through the storms of life, come on now. I'm talking to someone who's dealing with something difficult this morning. You're going, oh, you got a smile on your face this morning. You got a smile on your face, but you're going through something difficult in your heart, in your life. Hey, I'm going to say to you this morning, let me speak over to you. You have a hope. You have a hope. And don't forget in the storm what you heard on the shore. Let us cross over to the other side. So we see here this morning that they should have remembered what they heard, number one. But number two, they should have, they should, what should they have done? They should release their plan. Release their plan. 
Look at verse number 37, if you would. It says this, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Let's look at the reality of the storm here. The reality of the storm. The storm was greater than their plan. It was a big storm. The Bible describes it as a, as a, as a huge raging storm. And the storm, the reality was the storm was greater than their plan. Now, let me say this. In the Bible here, it doesn't say they had a plan, but let's use for a moment our imagination, right? Here's why I think, you say, did they had a plan, Pastor Steve? I think they did. Here's why. I think because it was 12 guys and something was broken and they had a plan to fix it. When you put men and a problem, come on ladies, where are my ladies at, right? Men and a problem, there was a plan, all right? They didn't just sit back and say, oh, well, yeah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. We'll just sit back and see what happens, right? No, no, there's a plan. There's a plan, right? Your husband, you know what I'm talking about. Your husband's driving the wrong way. You know he's driving the wrong way. You know you're never going to get to your destination. You know you're going the wrong way. You say, honey, do you know where you're going? I got a plan. You, he's back there fiddling with something, you know, electric. You know he's going to he's just uh, shock himself. You know he's going to cut his finger off. Honey, you know what you're doing? I got a plan. I got a plan, you know? So us men, we're guilty of that, right? So you got 12 men in a boat, and there was a problem. I guarantee you they had a, probably 12 different plans. I guarantee you they had a plan. And the Bible says that the storm began to blow. And these men, they got up and said, okay, we're fishermen. We've been through this before. What do we need to do? And maybe one of them, like Peter, said, okay, all right, I'm going to take charge here. Here's what we're going to do. I need three guys on the buckets. We got some buckets. We got some, something to get it out. Here, here buckets. Okay, you guys are on buckets, all right? Now we need someone to hold the rope and kind of stir it, steer the boat a little bit. All right, one, two, you hold the rope. Okay, he looked over here. All right, uh, let me see you. Uh, you're kind of scrawny. You pray, you pray, you pray, all right? You pray. All right, we got ropes. We got buckets. All right, here we go. All three. One, heave, ho, heave, ho, heave, ho, heave. Right? They're going through this, man. I mean, the waves are crashing in. The wind's blowing them over. They're getting knocked down. They stand back up. Heave, ho. Come on. Here we go. One, two, three, and go. And buckets, go. Do the rope. All right, you praying? Good. Keep praying. All right, good. And the Bible says that they noticed that they were missing one. Looking around. Okay. Let me see here. One, two. Wait a minute. Where's Jesus? The Bible says they look over. And there in the stern of the ship is Jesus. That's some holy snoring right there. Sleeping. You imagine this reality? You imagine here are the disciples that they're trying to solve the problem. They're trying to uh, execute their plan. And we see the reality of the storm. We see the reaction to the storm. And so as they're working their plan, they're trying to save their life. They come over, they see Jesus sleeping. And the reaction, they, want, they run over to Jesus and they shake him and say, Jesus, Jesus, hey, you got to wake up, got to wake up. And it's interesting, they say this to Jesus. Hey, carest thou not that we perish? Wait a minute, Jesus is on the same boat they were. See, some, see, sometimes when God puts us in the midst of storms, sometimes we think that we don't deserve to be there. See, sometimes a storm can cause us to be selfish. 
See, sometimes when we, when we go through a difficulty in our life, when we go through a storm in our life, we can look at God and say, God, why are you doing this to me? Why, why is it that I'm in the midst of this storm? What are you doing? Hey, let's be careful now. Oh, come on now. Hey, he looks down. He says, cares how not that we perish? Hey, listen, this morning, some of you may think, man, I, I, I come to this church. I'm faithful. I give. I tithe. I do all these different things. And yet God's in the midst of the storm. Hey, God owes you nothing. God owes you nothing. Everything we have is by the grace and mercy and love of God. God doesn't owe us anything because we, 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 we follow him and we, and we try to do our best for him. Though he will bless us and though he will help us and though he will pour out his blessings upon us. Sometimes his greatest blessing is your biggest storm. Oh, let me say again. Sometimes his greatest blessing in your life is the biggest storm you're going through right now. And if we're not careful, sometimes our plan can get in the way of what God is doing in our life. It's interesting because they go over to Jesus and they say, Jesus, Jesus, hey, you got to get up. Come on. Don't you care? We're going to die. We need you to help. And it's interesting. They, uh, can you imagine if they said, okay, Jesus, now here we go. All right, he's praying. Uh, no, don't do that. Uh, we need, what do we need Jesus to do? Oh, one more on the rope. Come on, Jesus, here. Hold the rope. Can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, the Lord of Lords, holding the rope? He's going, you know. Good job, Jesus. Oh, thing. Right? It's interesting to me. I'm sure Jesus is probably chuckling. He's just holding his rope. But these guys just don't get what's happening here. That's okay. That's all right. I mean, they're frantic. It's interesting. I wonder sometimes if they woke Jesus up because they believed he could calm the storm or he believed they believed that they, he could help their plan. So, see, sometimes, sometimes in our lives when we go through storms, we go over and wake Jesus up, not because we believe in who he is, but we need him to do something for us. We need to add God to our plans. God, I got this plan. I got this thing that I'm doing. And God, I need you to be over here. I need you to do this right here because my plan is going to work. I wonder if they realized who was in the boat. And when they woke Jesus up, they said, hey, we need to add you to our plan. I'm saying to you this morning, whatever you're going through in your life, whatever storm you're going to deal with, whether it be now or later or in a year, I want to say to you, remember what you've heard. But number two, release your plan. See, what they needed to do was let their plan go. They needed to say, you know what? Whatever we can think of, whatever we can do is nothing greater than what Jesus can do. And so I'm going to release my plan. See, some of you this morning, I can't, hey, I, I drove, I, I flew all this way to tell you, release your plan. Let it go. Stop trying to hold on. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to make it all work. Stop trying to orchestrate. Hey, hey, release it. Release it. Let it go. The Bible says in First Peter, it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. It talks about letting go of your anxiety. Hey, casting. I'm not talking about, okay, God, here, all right, here's my plan. Here you go. No, no. He said, you got you to cast it. That was with my right hand. I'm left-handed. That kind of looked a little weird. You got to cast it. You got to throw it. You got to throw it. Release it. I'm telling you, some of you right now are in the midst of the storm, and you're wondering when God's going to calm it. He's going to calm it when you stop trying to work your plan. When you realize that your plan is not greater than the storm. So we see here this morning that God says, number one, remember what you've heard. Number two, release 
your plan. Number three, and we're done this morning. Realize there's always a reason. Realize the reason. We see, what should they have done differently? They're in the midst of the storm. Hey, they should have remembered the promises that Jesus made to them. They should have released their plan and stopped trying to put Jesus into their plans in the midst of the storm. But number three, and really the most important thought this morning is this, is that they should realize the reason. The Bible says in verse number 39, it says, And he awoke and rebuked the winds and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? What was the reason they were in the storm? Before I go on to that, I want to tell you this morning here, we see a picture of the gospel. We see Jesus was, was asleep. And the Bible says that in the midst of the storm, he arose. He rose up and he calmed the storm. That's a picture of the gospel because we know that we, cel- we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to this earth. He died on a cross. He was buried. But three days later, come on now, church, he arose from the grave to calm the storm of sin in our lives. And I'm going to say to you this morning, listen, hey, God loves you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you did last night. Hey, God loves you just where you are. It's okay to not be okay this morning. And I'll tell you this, hey, we have hope because we have a God who rose up from the grave. He rose up and now he's alive and he offers you salvation. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, my friend, hey, Jesus will save you. Jesus will calm the storm of sin in your life. I just love that. That was a little side note, a little picture of the gospel right there. All right. But we see here, realize the reason. The Bible says that he reached out and he calms the storm. We see the storm changed their perspective. The storm changed how they viewed the Lord. They're in the midst of the storm. The storm is raging. They're afraid of the storm. Jesus walks out and says, shh, shh. And the disciples switch from being afraid of the storm to wondering, who is this guy in the boat with us? The Bible says they say, who is this? It's interesting that when Jesus calmed the storm, their focus went from the storm to the Lord. Their focus went away from the waves and away from the wind to the Lord. We see the storm changed their perspective and just maybe God has put you in a storm this morning, not so that you'll try to calm it, but so that you'll look to him in the midst of it. Maybe God has you on that boat this morning and you're rocking and you're and the waves are going and you're dealing with something so overwhelming and you're saying, I don't know how to figure it out. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm going to drown. And God says, that's not the reason you're in it. The reason I put you in it is not for you to figure out how to calm it. The reason I put you in the storm is so that you would look at me and see what I can do in the storm. We see the storm change their perspective. But then we see this, that the Lord changed their perspective about the storm. You see, this wouldn't be the last time that they would be in a storm. Matter of fact, Mark chapter number 6 talks about another storm that came. Where the disciples were in the boat, Jesus was not with them at this time. But the Bible says the disciples were in the boat and they were traveling across the same body of water. And a storm came. Another one. Another time. 
And when that storm came, the Bible says they, they began to be fearful again and they began to be worried. But all of a sudden, out in the midst of the sea, they saw a figure. They said, it's a ghost. They said, we're afraid, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, oh, don't be afraid. It's me. And we find Jesus in this story walking on the water. And it's interesting the reaction between this storm and that storm. In this storm, they cowered in fear. In this storm, they cried out. In this storm, they were worried they were going to die. But in this second storm, after they realized who God was, when they saw what God could do with the storm, they didn't stay in the boat in fear. Jesus, Jesus is walking on the sea and Peter says, Hey, Lord, if that's you, I'm not afraid of the storm. I know you can calm the storm. And so I'm going to try the impossible. I want, I want to know if I can come out with you. The Bible says, God says, come on out. What a difference in the storms. We see in one point, Peter is cowering in fear. What are we going to do? And the next point, he says, that you, Lord, hey, I'm out in the sea. I'm telling you this. God is trying to do something in your life this morning. Not to get you to look at the storm, but to get you to look at him. Because another storm is coming. And God has not called you to limited. God has not called you to fear. God has called you to do the impossible. And he wants to use the storm in your life this morning to get you to do something impossible. We see that in the life of Peter. And so here's the question this morning. What will you do when a storm comes? Will you, will you forget about the things that you've heard? Will you try to figure it out and orchestrate a plan that will somehow make it all work out and get you back the life that you want? Or will you realize this morning that God loves you so much that he allows storms in your life to draw you just a little bit closer to him? Just a little bit closer to him. That's what God is trying to do in your life this morning. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. And in the midst of all the chaos, he wants you to forget about those things and look at him and say, who is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? Would you pray with me, church? Lord, we love you so much. And God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful, God, that in the midst of our darkest storms, Lord, you are with us. Father, even when we can't see where you are, even when it feels like we're sleep, you're sleeping on the boat, that, God, you are with us. And, Father, I pray, Lord, over, I pray a prayer over every single person here this morning that, God, you would help them to remember what they've heard. Remember what they've heard in your word, in their groups, in different places, when they're with other believers, when they read the Bible, when they listen to radio, whatever it is, God, that you speak to them. Help them to not forget in the storm what you've told them on the shore. Father, I also pray, God, that you would help each and every person here. I pray especially that you would help them to release their plans. God, to not try to figure it out, to not try to put a list together, to not uh, try to try to make it all work, but God, simply cast their care upon you to throw it at your feet, to trust you by faith, 
to risk and to believe that even though they can't see it, God, you know exactly what you're doing. And there is a future and there is a hope for them. God, I pray for every single person they would release their plan. And Father, I pray most of all that in this place, God, we would not be believers who focus on the storm. But that, Lord, we would focus on you. That we would turn to you. Turn our hearts and our minds and our anxieties and our fears and everything, God, that overwhelms us. May we turn to you and say, God, you're greater than the storm. And, Father, I pray you would begin individually to calm the storms in people's lives this morning. That, God, you would step out onto the stern of their life and that you would simply say, peace be still. And that, God, in you doing that, that we would look to you and say, who is this? And that, God, it would cause us to do the impossible. Lord, we know that storms are a part of life. And so, God, help us in Jesus' name to respond the way that you have called us to respond in the midst of the storms. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.